Ladies and gentlemen, the spectacular Spider-Man! Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Otto Octavius was weak. Call me Dr. Octopus! From now on, we're poison to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Welcome back to the Spectacular Radio here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, the webmaster and executive producer of the show. And as always, I am joined by the man that is the host, Greg Bashansky. I am not the only host, but thank you anyway. Hello, everyone, and also joining us as usual is Mr. Gerard Delatour, and we have some things to talk about because it's been a very long time since we recorded one of these, and some and there have been changes that have gone on, such as <laughs> you start, Gerard. Uh, I'm living in Zach's house. <laughs> that, that's new. Yeah, what's it like down there? How did that happen? <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to explain why it happened, because it's a, it's a sad story, and I'm, I don't want to bring this this room down here, because we're going to have some mean, bad things to talk about shortly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when, we get to the, when we get to the email. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll tell I will throat punch you from the fucking room. Uh. I'd just like to remind you, you left your phone out here. I'm using that as collateral. <laughs> He's probably gonna open the door and come running out here in a second. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Greg. Night and day, though. Cool. This place is pretty different. Um, I'm not used to it. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Last time I was, I was in Texas, I kind of got nervous at all the flatlands because I'm used to hills. <laughs> I'm used to not being able to see very far because buildings are blocking things. <laughs> yeah, that too. Like, it, it, Greg, it's weird. Like, I'm, I'll be walking, like, to work or something like that, and, like, people will pull over to ask me if I need a ride. Like, it's so strange. <laughs> you see, I was just having this conversation yesterday. When I go to these small rustic towns, like, yesterday, for my mom's birthday, we went to lunch in this town called Cold Spring. A small, mm-hmm. kind, a kind of small town, very rustic. People were stopping and saying hello. I don't like that. <laughs> it's taken me a while to get used to it, but... Yeah, like, everybody that passes by in a car when I'm walking will say hello. Like, it's it's the strangest thing. <laughs> like, they'll wave? No, they won't just wave. They'll, like, like some of them will, like, like have the windows down, like, hello. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> this is weird. Very neighborly. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, what, what else has happened since... Uh... Well, there have been several movies released, I think. <laughs> several movies released. Let's see. Um, and there was also a cataclysmic event with Jesse. Yeah, yeah. He apparently disintegrated into dust recently. We still don't know why, but I think I heard... Uh, dust uh, in the wind. All I mean, we are is dust in the wind. But when it happened, I think I, I thought I heard a sound like someone snapping their fingers. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I might yeah. have heard a rumor about that. Yeah, some, someone appara- there was apparently an epic finger snap recently. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that, I heard that uh, McDonald's mascot, the Grimace, was behind it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg, I don't feel so good. 
Oh, wait, it's just gas. Never mind. <laughs> like, Scoob, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I, I, I don't that... want to go. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk and about this that. Is where you're, this is where you're supposed to cry. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but I do definitely know people who did cry. Oh, we were sitting in front of a small child who may or may not have been traumatized. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> What happened to Black Panther? Hey, no spoilers. No spoilers, Zach. I was trying to avoid using names here. <laughs> um, by the time this thing comes out, I think most of our listeners will have already seen the damn thing. Ah, you're probably right. Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's already the fastest movie to make it to a billion dollars anyway, so... One billion dollars. Yeah, I know, Greg, but we'll still get an email from that one asshole who's like, why don't you spoil it? And be like, oh, god damn it. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, no! Stan Lee disintegrated! Oh! No, no, no. no, no. There's actually a 50-50 shot. <laughs> he, he didn't disintegrate. Someone's just stealing his blood. Oh... Yeah, that's right. Uh, it occurs to me we probably, it, it occurs to me we should probably never reference Stan Lee on one of these shows again, just for the fact that in the time it takes us to edit these, it's entirely possible that he could die in any, in that time frame. Well, remember we 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 had when we originally did the um oh the the Grim Hunt episode, Gerard, we actually acknowledged in the original recording, and I just realized we didn't do it in the uh, um, new recording that Joan and Joan Lee had died. Whose voice we hear oh, every episode on right. CSC. So, but you uh, must hear the Scarlet Spider story. Who is that exotic lady? <laughs> Joan Lee, we love you. Stan, we love you. And Stan, we hope that you're still with us for many more years. Uh, he's 96 years old. I, I think know, it's a. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's I probably know. a. It's probably a 96 percent chance that he's not going to be with us in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stan, we love you. <laughs> okay, but, um, um, where's the email? I just, <clears throat> I'm going to post it into the window right now. Yeah, thank you. Because uh, I've only posted. Let's see, did I only post it once? Yes, I did. Thank mm-hmm. you. Because uh, uh, there was that one time. Mm-hmm. Where I thought it was. I hate new Skype. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so we've got a uh, we got an email that came in. All right, Greg? Yes, we do. It's from All right, Peter. I guess you're yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what's Peter's last name? He didn't Parker. list one. <laughs> okay. okay, you get to be Peter Parker. Or Peter Quill. You know, if you mess things up for this show, you're Peter Quill. Just like Peter Quill messed things up for the universe. More <laughs> uh, spoilers. Um, Alright. So, Peter leaves us a, left us a line. And this is what he had to say. He says, Hi, guys. Love the show. This is the, this and the 90s series are the two best Spider-Man cartoons of all Agreed. time. Agreed. Agreed. I mm-hmm. lo- also love both Tob- to- Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland in the movies. I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Just the movies he was in were just shit. Um, notice I said Spider-Man. Uh, notice I said Spider-Man. Uh, notice, I- notice I said Spider-Man, not... Um, Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Yeah. Right. Like he didn't bring up Andrew Garfield at all. He totally snubbed Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he's like, nope, f you, <laughs> I like I like the cut of this guy's jib already. <laughs> nice. 
no, Andrew, Andrew Garfield's a cool guy. I'm just not a big fan of his Spider-Man. I, well, here's the thing. I like his Spider-Man. I just don't like his Peter Parker. Like, he was a wise-ass, which was nice. Which was the one thing that Toby never got right. Toby never could do wisecracks. To be fair, they also he weren't t- really written for him. Yeah. He did He did do wisecracks in the video game, so... Hmm? Yeah, he did. And he did them well in the video game, so they just weren't written for him in the movie, but we'll, just, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, so- all right, so Greg's, uh, Greg, your question, he's got questions for all of us. Um... Greg, I've gone back and read your blog. If you don't mind the the question, what is your issue with the Spider uh, the '90s X Men cartoon? And is there anything that you would have would have made it better in your eyes? Okay, um, I, I think some people blew this a little bit out of proportion. What he's talking about is I re- I did a review a few years back of that four parter with Apocalypse and the Axis of Time, and uh, I think almost anyone can agree that was a bit of a messed up four parter. I think the first three seasons of that show are great, and then it kind of begins to go off the rails. They lose track of their own continuity. Like when was the first mm. time they met Magneto? Gerard knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um. And that, that four-parter is terrible. It is terrible. I, I did review that one, and apparently someone, I'm not going to name names, but someone thought I reviewed that just to hurt him, even though I wasn't even thinking of him in the process. I'm not going to name names, but uh, but let's see. Actually, my issue with the, my big issue with the show and what I would change, this is kind of the biggest one, it's, it's just a couple things for the lineup. I would have taken out Gambit and Jubilee and put in Kitty Pride and either Nightcrawler or Colossus. Yeah. Heck. Can't argue with that. And I think the reason why is because we had a lot of dark characters on that team. I mean, when you have Gambit and Wolverine there together, I mean, we didn't have that one really lighthearted character. Granted, Jubilee tried to be that, but she was more annoying than that. Whereas Nightcrawler could be that. Of course, when we did see Nightcrawler, I wouldn't call that version of Nightcrawler lighthearted. Good episodes he was in, though. Good episodes, but... Mm Mm-hmm. And but I but I just like Colossus better. And also, and this is the part that's going to get us some hate mail. I don't like Gambit. <laughs> I, I am mon frère. Why do you not like Gambit? I am with Greg a hundred percent on this one. By the way, well, first of all, I hate his accent. This, he sounds like a swamp person. Well, he is a swamp person. That is because he is. <laughs> but he sounds like he doesn't even sound like. A, legitimate swamp person no he does trust me i've been down to the bayou (laughs) okay all right i'm gonna take your word for it i mean i've driven through there once but that doesn't really count i didn't really get out of my car but (laughs) but um i just i just find obnoxious you know how people find some people find wolverine to be obnoxious gambit is every obnoxious thing about wolverine turned up to 11 also the time he debuted it was during the it was 90s x-men and i'm talking about the comics where he had that mysterious guy with a mysterious past and obviously when they were plucked in they had no idea what they were going to do with that person and at the time you had gambit you had cable you had you had a, my personal fa- my personal favorite adam x the extreme <laughs> <laughs> you had strife you had Exodus. I mean, Cable. Remember when he first showed up on the cartoon and they hadn't figured out his origin yet? Yeah. So, so like, that that episode is just a complete non-sequitur with the rest of his appearances. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the cartoon. I mean, it's dated, but I think they did well, especially at the, time, at the time it came out. I think it was the first cartoon series in America to really attempt and mostly succeed, mostly, at least for the first three seasons, that serialization although it bit them in the ass a few times like um i think gerard will remember this when 
Phoenix goes into the sun, then she's just randomly out in the next episode, and the episode explaining it doesn't air for another three years. It wasn't the very next episode, but it was a couple episodes later, because they, um, they did their Phoenix Saga adaptation, and they had her die at the end, and then there was maybe a handful of episodes, I want to say maybe four or five, and then the, they did their Dark Phoenix Saga uh, adaptation. There was supposed to be an episode that aired right after the Phoenix Saga that explains... It was Cyclops left the team for a while, and he's depressed, but then eventually he comes back. And while he came back, they had just discovered that Gene was still alive. Well, that episode didn't air until season five, I believe. And the the, the, the Phoenix Saga adaptation and the Dark Phoenix Saga adaptation were in season three. So, Was that the episode with the Purple Man where he tried to turn Scott into his first Jessica Jones? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a terrible jo- that's a terrible joke. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a terrible joke. I should not have said that. But, but <laughs> this one's yeah. gonna, this this next question is interesting. <laughs> so, well, wait, hold, said, on a, hold on a second, though, uh, Greg. Well, overall, like, do, do you thumbs up or thumbs down the '90s X-Men cartoon? I I thumbs up the first three seasons, and then and then after, beyond that, there's. Some episodes I like that I will give a thumbs up for, but overall I kind of thumbs middle it, middle it. Because I'd say there's some really good episodes or some really crappy episodes after the third season, but I kind of, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll thumbs middle it. But the first, I kind of consider the first three seasons and what comes later to almost be separate just because, you know, yeah. suddenly they stop putting in as much effort. I'll I'll say this. Um, their Dark Phoenix saga adaptation to me is the height of the show. Like uh, that, I, I love that adaptation. I agree. I, I kind I kind of wish they uh, actually went for it at the end. If you know what I'm talking about. I know what you mean, but you know they had to destroy her. <laughs> this isn't '90s Spider-Man, Zach. <laughs> oh my God, Gene got sucked into a time dilation portal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of cartoon, uh, an additional cartoon question. Uh, he says, Zach, what do you think of the Jackal in the new Spider-Man cartoon? Is that cartoon still on? I heard they already canceled it. No, it's got it got renewed for a season two. Okay. Um, First of all, what cartoon is he talking about? Marvel's Spider-Man. The one that has Dan Slott as the consulting producer. Oh, okay. Um, here's the thing. They got it mostly right, but for one, they got some things wrong. First of all, uh, it's um, it's not Miles Warren. It's um, oh, it was pr- they used Principal Warren's name, but it's Miles in every ca- in every you know sense of the word. Simply because you had to have uh, Miles Morales on the show, yeah. so you couldn't have two Mileses on the show. It's the one Steve limit. Yeah. Yep. Mean, meanwhile, on this show, you've got two Thompsons. You've got Flash Thompson and you've got L. Thompson Lincoln. Mm. Yeah. So, um, needless, uh, they they did like an. Uh, here's the thing: like they did an adaptation of Spider Island, which was probably better than the actual co- comic storyline Spider Island. <laughs> low bar. Oh, low bar. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing, Greg. Low bar. <laughs> low bar to, to hurdle. Uh, I, I really. It's very much in the Dan Slott version of the Jackal, which is not the same version of the Jackal that you are, that you see in the '90s or anything like that. So that, so it's not it's it, it's very much trying to be the '70s Jackal, but failing miserably. 
The sad thing is, it's probably it's probably the last time we'll ever get an adaptation of the Jackal on screen. So, wait, what makes you think that? There's always going to be Spider-Man cartoons. Yeah, um, like I, I, I don't think that's that, that's going to be the only chance you get. Okay, now, granted, granted, he's a minor in or obscure enough character that it's going to be rare. But I still think we got let's, plenty of time. Let's just say that he he's better portrayed in this show, not as the Jackal, than he is in. The, the, the as the jackal in the other show and the animation is terrible i mean it's absolutely dreadful and it's not like overly stylized the way you know she, uh, sean did it it's just it's not good though uh, if, it looks cheap it, it's very much done on the cheap and i i just it, it's just uh, it's garbage oh I well love- you know I, I, I you know honestly i didn't even remember which show you were talking about this whole time then i just remember this is the one that has every spider character except mayday in it right <laughs> like it's got miles morales and and spider what fucking gwen or whatever and then you know yeah it's got gwen it's got uh it's got uh it's got gerard's all-time favorite character anya corazon uh as a supporting character um aka aranya girl but we couldn't uh, throw mayday in there that would be too confusing well, he. Uh, this is also the place that has Verizon High. Uh, yeah, Verizon High School instead of, you know, Midtown High you mean, School. You mean you mean Horizon High School? This is not a uh, promotional plug for Verizon. I said Horizon. Verizon, you owe us money. Pay up. Um. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this this has got Max Modell as the as the principal of the high school because you demanded it. Uh, actually, the only person that demanded it was Dan Slott because he wants the royalties. Uh, by yeah, the way, by the way, on the day that we're recording this is is the day that the uh, free comic book day issue comes out that signals the end of the Slott era. <laughs> it's our wonderful. Long, our long national nightmare is coming to an end. Uh, unless you're a fan of Fantastic Four, then your nightmare has just begun. <laughs> <laughs> Slott! Doom shakes his fist. Doom does not <laughs> Doom does not approve of this there fair right. <laughs> it, it, it was like, oh, Dan Slott's leaving Spider-Man. I'm like nodding my head. Okay, that's good news. He's taking over Fantastic Four. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, be fair, his best Spider-Man issues involve the Fantastic Four. So, you know. Yeah, remember what his best what he's best known for before he started writing Spider-Man? I rest my case. Spider-Man Human Torch? Yeah, that, that that gave no indication of how his, how he would be able to write Spider Man, as we later saw. Well, I've also got one more thing to say: Annihilus on the toilet. <laughs> and he he did successfully write a She Hulk and Thing series, so I mean he's yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm gonna uh, put a lot of air quotes around the word successful in that sentence. Okay, so uh, Gerard, we go to your question: If a Spider Girl cartoon was made. How would you like to see it done? Who would you want to voice May? <laughs> okay, that first question is kind of confusing to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a very broad question. Well, no, I mean, it's confusing in the sense that, like, how would I like to see it done? Um, accurately? Isn't that how you want to see any adaptation done? Yeah. I mean, I, I, okay. I understand that you're going to have to jump through a few hoops as far as continuity goes. Because you can't just have a Spider-Girl series that exists exactly as Spider-Girl exists in the comics because there's too much of a connection with how, how do you explain you know Spider-Man's past, how much of that are we going to take for granted, how much of that do you have to show, etc. Um, what I would do, 
early. I, I would think that the best way to do that would just be take that first year of Spider-Girl, get um, basically like a broad strokes kind of adaptation. I don't mean in the sense that you're throwing all of the details out, but I mean that go for what the, the feel of the show was. Make sure that you get that right. You have to have that sort of positive, upbeat kind of tone to it, while at the same time you have uh, a, somewhat of an homage to the past. That's basically what I what I look at that first year of Spider-Girl as having done successfully, and I feel like that would that would translate well to at to animation because Spider Girl is a bright, colorful, fun character, and you can and that's the kind of thing that's successful in cartoons. Be, beyond or, beyond Sinkevich's inks in the uh, original comic, well, of course, but I'm I'm more thinking once the series proper started that yeah what that that it looked like that because every what if issue in that time period looked like that. Um, <laughs> It's kind of like what this show, Spectacular, does. I mean, it achieves that tone, it does that, and I sometimes think that Greg and DeFalco have similar approaches to the character. Yeah, um, as far as, like, who would I want to voice Mayday, I don't really have any any particular person in mind. <laughs> Zach just said Lacey Chabert. I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> you, you need to have somebody who has a just a kind of youthful, positive voice. You can find a lot of people that, hey, shut up! <laughs> I'm talking here. Uh, he's trying to get a glass of water over here, and he keeps yelling Lacey Chabert every five seconds. <laughs> you you do remember that I'm not a fan of her work on this show, right? <laughs> yeah, of course you forgot that, you dingus. Get your milk and get back in your room. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so no, no one in particular I would like to see voice or anything like that. Uh, they'd audition a few hundred people, and they'd find the best ones. Exactly. All right, before this show aired, if somebody asked me who I would want to see voice in Peter who hadn't done it before, I would, my answer would be, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, That's the kind of thing where um, a good example of this is, is I never would have come up with an, a cast for, for Iron Man. But once Robert Downey Jr. did it, I can't see anybody else doing it. I remember when they first cast Robert Downey Jr. and I said, okay, Tony Stark's an asshole, Tony Stark's a substance abuser, it's perfect casting. Yeah, exactly. Once I heard that, I'm like, that's a match made in heaven. And, and strangely, one I never would have thought of. Mm -hmm. All right. Zach's not going to read this one, because let's, let's, oh, let's no, pretend. No. Uh, let's, I'm back. Uh, no, I'm saying let's pretend you're in an alternate universe right now to give you some uh, plausible deniability. <laughs> I, I'll read this question and take it. All right? All right. <laughs> Greg and Gerard, why do you guys hate Crawl Space so much? Does that ever make things awkward for Zach? I'll answer the second question first. Yes! <laughs> answer the first question. Why do we hate Crawl Space so much? Um, let's travel back in time to the Halcyon year of 2009. <laughs> I signed up for the message boards just kind of on a whim sometime early in that year. And because of the... Uh, the funny way that timing and coincidence happens to work. I became friends with Zach pretty quickly. That's how I ended up on Clone Saga Chronicles. That, that's how we ended up podcasting together. And ultimately, that's how I ended up here in his house. Um, but the key here is that because I was tied into Zach so closely, I started writing reviews for Spidey Dude, which got me a, a line in on getting the gig for writing reviews for Crawl Space. And uh, for a long time, I did. I, I think I started in, like, 2010, somewhere around there. Um, and I, I kept going until uh, <laughs> I could tell you the exact date. May 13th, 2011. We'll get there in a second. So uh, 
while I was writing reviews for the site, I, Greg, this is not revisionist history because you you can confirm this. That was pretty much the, the front page reviews have never been as popular before or since. I was That's able correct. I was able to get a lot of conversation going. I was able to. I, I was a provocateur of sorts. You know, although it certainly helped that you had Steve Wacker on the on the message board or on the front page, like trolling every one of your reviews. Steve Wacker was the former editor of the Spider-Man titles during the Brand New Day era. Yes, which is when I took over. Unfortunately, I also happened to take over at a time when, boy, the books were just about to hit their creative low point. Because I think Shed was the third or fourth like story I had reviewed. And then you had like Grim Hunt and Omit, and it was just all downhill from there. So I quickly picked up a reputation for, for being a, a very uh, harsh and opinionated negative guy, um, which isn't my fault. Those are just terrible comics, and someone needed to beat them senseless. But uh, the point is, for a long time I was writing reviews for the site. Uh, while this was all happening, uh, unfortunately, my, my sister had, had cancer. And uh, a lot of the time that would end up, well, I would say a lot of the time. Sometimes I would end up having to get distracted, couldn't make a review on day of because I had to be in a hospital with her. And eventually my mother also had cancer, so I was spending a lot of time in hospital rooms. I was starting to get burned out a little bit. When you're writing three reviews, you know, Spider-Man was coming out three times a month still at this point. Yeah. There's a lot going and, and I was doing more than that for the front page. I was getting kind of burned out on doing some of these reviews. Uh, so Brad decided, hey, we need another reviewer to go alongside you. That's a, that's kind of an odd step. He's hadn't done that before. So he brings in uh, Mike Bailey to, to start be with. fair, to be fair. He's it started with you. And that's been a tradition that's been, that has been maintained uh, until this day. Okay. Okay. But the point is he was trying to undermine me already. <laughs> I said so the writing was starting to appear on the wall. And if you're going to have somebody, you have a guy who's known for, for having strong opinions who incites a lot of conversation, usually if you're going to counterpoint that, you get a safe, boring choice like Michael Bailey. Sorry, Mike, <laughs> this is true. So so then we were both doing reviews at the same time. I didn't like this. Um, and I got the impression that Brad... He, he, Brad was also starting to crack down on... He started censoring my reviews, okay? like uh, There's no way to dance around that. He would go in sometimes to edit picture captions, or he would tell me to remove certain things, or he would do it himself. It was there was I was fighting a censorship battle here, and that coupled with the Mike Bailey thing gave me the impression that maybe the level of opinion I was giving wasn't welcome anymore. That he wanted to to bland it up a little bit so that it was you know he wasn't generating any controversy or anything like that. So uh, the fateful day came. It was uh, May 12th, 2011. I, I published a review for, uh, I don't remember which issue it was, I think Amazing 660, 659, one of those issues, um, somewhere around there. And he sends me an, e he sends me an email, he says, uh, yeah, I'm removing you as being the, uh, the, I, don't like the, I don't like the review you wrote here, I'm removing you as, as the reviewer from the front page. You know, now, like, a, like, like a one sentence kind of email. Now, to be fair... You, <laughs> there was like one one review that you wrote that was completely trolling. There was you more than one review I wrote that was completely trolling, <laughs> and, and that was well before that. Well, I remember there was one where you were just like, just you wrote a basically a troll review, and I think that was the one that he. That you, it was like 
it was like one of those, you know, um, overtly negative. And your headspace was not in the best spot. Let's let's. Okay, can you stop making up excuses and let me finish my story? Okay. I'll, you'll you'll get to, you'll get the counterpoint. What I'm saying. Okay, all right. Trust. I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the leeway to do so. Trust me. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, in particular, he seemed to, he didn't say this, but he, I think he took offense to me, uh, finally cracking back on his censorship thing. He didn't like the fact that I used words like goddamn and stuff like that. So he's like, you know, Hey, can you watch the language please? So I, I wrote in that review, I had a sentence that said, uh, you, you, you don't, you don't mess with a gosh darn muffler fudger like Brad Douglas. And he didn't like that at all. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I was out as reviewer. I read this email sitting in the back seat of my parents' car as we were driving to the hospital to go visit my sister, who by this point was in hospice care, possibly for the rest of her life. Well, shortly, we'll find out soon. Um, so that night, uh, Donovan was immediately picked to replace me. And I mean immediately, we're talking a couple hours here. More indication that Brad is probably planning this ahead of time. And uh, Don never said anything to me about it. Still hasn't, in fact. Um even though we're we were ostensibly friends at the time, and uh, yeah, I remember the, I remember a Skype chat where we all talked about this that he noped out of very quickly as soon as I showed up. Um, so the next morning, we get a phone call to find out my sister died around seven o'clock that morning. Um, and yeah, I was that was pretty much the low point I think at, at that point in my entire life, where I'm looking around and you know, my sister just died. My mother might be soon behind her. Um, and I remember that morning I was just zombie walking around the place. Like, I, it was just, I, I, all the energy had left my body at that point. And my mom says, like, look, you know, we'll start taking care of, like, some business things. You know, just go do something fun. Play a video game. Watch a movie. Do something to just, you know, because she saw how sad I was getting. Okay. Sat down to go on the internet. First thing I see, Brad has announced publicly that I'm being fired. He's dragging my body around in the public for people to throw rocks at. I did not appreciate that in the slightest. Um, it was the first and only time he's ever done that, by the way. Just having an announcement page. We got rid of this guy. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Um, he's never apologized for that either, by the way. Um, so yeah, at that point I was... <laughs> F the world, man. I stuck around on the site for a while. Eventually, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole George thing, but, well, okay, you know what I am. Uh, George Behrman d runs a lot of things behind the, the scenes on that website. And, uh, yeah, he never, he doesn't like me. He never did. And a lot of the push to get me and eventually Greg out of there is solely on his shoulders. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. But the point is, th there's been a long, sordid history since. I was welcomed back at one point. I tried to patch things up with Brad. It didn't last because of George, as always. Um, it's, I don't even know. The most recent thing, I guess, we'll go back, what is this, a couple of years ago. This, yeah. is, where Greg, this is where Greg comes into the story, I guess. Uh, um, this is about three years ago, yeah. Four years ago. It was 2014, I remember. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so... Um, uh, I left a piece of feedback on one of their one of their episodes, mentioning that uh, I noticed that their content was getting a little uh, how can we say misogynistic. 
not only just the kind of jokes that they were cracking on the show, but I just kind of warned them, you know, you guys might want to tone that down a little bit. I mean, it's no accident. I mean, I don't want to throw her under the, into this, but uh, there was a female panelist on the show at one point who left for precisely that reason. Uh, so I left this piece of feedback and they immediately banned me for, for, for the crime of sedition, I suppose. Then uh, I went out, then I went out and poured gasoline over myself and lit a match. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I, Greg, Greg's thing. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> but I don't care. I was essentially, I was banned for a wrong thing. And basically I've been excommunicated ever since. Um, They've gone out of their way to ensure that I have no way of they 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 IP banned me from the site. They banned me on Facebook from their from their group. You know, just going out of their way to make sure I can never get a word in edgewise. Well, funny thing, motherfuckers, I have a microphone in front of me. I, I can say things. Um, so yeah, uh, at one point I was a valued member of this site. The, the writing reviews constantly, you know, four or five a month at times. Didn't get too much appreciation for it, but I didn't mind. You know, what are you guys going to do? You were reading things a little behind at that point because you were getting your monthly boxes and such. So the idea, so that the fact that they never defended me from trolls or or from people attacking me in comments, I didn't mind. Uh, well, you, well, well, okay. Let's. What are you going to do? You can't you can't do anything about that. But the idea that I was essentially discarded. The day, at the time my sister was dying, never got a got an apology for it. Was thrown, you, was oh, thrown under and continues to be thrown under the bus all the time. I mean, George made a fucking crack about me a couple few months ago talking about what a trash person I am. And I'm like, I have no way to respond to this. <laughs> well, like, he, he's still mentioning me by name. And by the way, folks, Zach is not allowed to mention Greg and I by name on the Crawl Space podcast, even though he's on shows with the both of us, as you're listening to right now. Um, and that's a George thing again. So the idea that basically that I'm being wiped out of their history, except when they want to slag me, is, is something that rubs me the wrong way. Um, what, el- what else, Greg? Have I missed anything here? I don't think so. Before Zach respond, I'm going to get a slight thing in there. I deserve to be banned, but I went in there at that point. Even my last post, I said, I want to be banned. I did not like what they, the way they treated Gerard. I did not like that they banned you for what was essentially constructive criticism there i mean i don't have any personal reasons to hate the site i just don't like the way they treated you and i deserve my banning i won my banning like i said i poured gasoline over myself and lit a match but i'm just gonna say one thing those interviews they initially did with greg wiseman and and josh keaton who do you think gave them those guests (laughs) oh yeah and one more thing since you mentioned i I forgot totally to mention the the follow-up to that me being banned that time of the whole misogyny thing uh, a few days later, Brad put out a call to have a female guest host specific, or not guest, a female permanent host. He specifically instructed, I want a, a female voice on this show. Not a response to what I said in any way, surely. Ashley, you're welcome. Zach, you have the floor. Um, huh, huh. Man, there's a lot to, to digest. Now, that's everything that was public i mean you can you and i want to make a couple of corrections one the amazing uh when he when he posted saying that they were going to be making some changes of essentially quote unquote firing you off the site uh they've done that before um no uh, they did well they, they've done it since they have done it since when somebody's left or departed they no, no 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 he puts out a call 
to have the, a replacement reviewer. Hey, we have now have an opening for one of our review positions. That's how I got the gig. He said, "I but we have an opening for review position. You know, we're taking some samples and things like that." He has never, ever before since said, "We're firing insert person's name here because I don't like the content of their reviews anymore." If you and we're going to be replacing them with this person who he had already pre-chosen because I was expecting to do this ahead of time. Very different scenario, Zach. Okay, but go ahead. I'm not going to argue with you on it. I mean, it's. Ultimately, I'm just one thing. It's Brad site. He can have whoever he wants on the site, but there were way classier ways of handling. Uh, it. There was better ways of of handling it as a, as an editor in chief or as a a um, a webmaster. Um, and, and there it should have been. Hey, you know, there's some things I'm I'm not liking. Instead of instead of going in and editing the reviews themselves, that that, that wasn't to me. That's not that's not cool. Um, I didn't agree with how they treated Gerard the second time, especially if they brought him back. I don't. I have, I, there's been times where George and I have had some some disagreements and things like that. Um, there was a time, there's a point in time where George and I weren't talking uh, because I had leveled some criticisms uh, privately. Be more specific. He had you thrown off the show temporarily. Uh no, I wasn't thrown off the show. I, I quit the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, know, I know you better than that, Zach. You didn't quit. No, no, I, yeah. I no, no, I quit the show. The, the I, I fell asleep and I, um, it was during, um, I was supposed to do the, uh, the ultimate Spider-Man reviews and I, I had just done inventory the previous week and I was freaking exhausted and we were record, recording at an ungodly hour and, uh, I passed out and fell asleep in my chair, um, with my laptop in my, in my lap and, um, luckily I was on mute. <laughs> but um embarrassed i had uh uh i had resigned at that point that's exactly what that, that i've never spoken about that story publicly um but until now but uh that's exactly what happened there were some disagreements that george that, that uh brad and i had had involving um gerard's return <laughs> uh at one point um i kind of got cornered in a scenario, but I don't want to go into the details of that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I didn't agree with how everything was portrayed. There's some things that I that I've very much disagreed with uh, with George on. Um, I didn't like how they handled everything. I thought it was kind of um, I, to me, some of it's very small and petty, and sometimes um, George has you know, asserted authority when, you know, whatever. Um, so like I say, in terms of, you know, Gerard said at the very beginning of this whole diatribe that, uh, it, it is awkward for me because I am still, um, friends with, with everybody. Um, so it, it puts me in a, sometimes in an uncomfortable scenario. I think I, I it's frustrating at times, uh, because I want to be able to promote the work that we're doing here on Spidey dude. But unfortunately, we're not able to because of because of personal disagreements and differences. Um, because think, of George, just say it. Say it, Zach. Yeah, it's because George George doesn't like Greg and, and Gerard. Bottom and line. The feeling is, and the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Here's like, can I can I speak on that for a second, Zach? Like, um, obviously, the detention was never to put you in a situation like that. 
And we've syndicated content to Crawl Space in the past. Like, we used to post episodes of Clone Saga Chronicles on the front page. Yeah. Um, I th- I think when Spectacular Radio first started, we posted uh, like maybe the first couple episodes there. Yeah, we did. Um, we had uh, we had sub forums on the on the website, things like that. That all that all was made to go away with a well, Thanos the sub- snap of the finger. <laughs> <laughs> the the sub forum's still there. It's it's SpideyDude.com and the SpideyDude Radio Network. It's still there on the forum. Right, of course, of course. But the point is that we're not allowed to actively promote the, the, the shows on the site anymore, despite the fact that it would be mutually beneficial to both parties, as I've pointed out many times, right. because they, they get more content without having to do any work, and we get a larger audience because, let's just face it, they've been around a long time and have a built-in audience already that exists. So, I mean, they've been around as long as we have on, on Spidey-Doo, but they've, they've grown a, a bigger audience than we have. And so yeah, the, the point is, it would be nice to have, considering we have a guy in this room right now who's on every single one of their episodes of, of their podcast. It would be nice to have him at least be able to mention, hey, listen to Mayday Mondays. Hey, listen to Spectacular Radio. We have the, you know, can't do it. And there's right. one man, there's one man preventing that from happening and there's nothing we could do about it. So, yeah. You know, um. I, I do I do sneak in um, the Spidey Dude Network of shows. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, th- I, I think I think I think Josh may have mentioned me by name on an on a on a show sometime in the last couple of years when he was yeah. making a guest or making a call in or a guest appearance or something like that. And I'm shocked that didn't get edited out. But <laughs> it's Brad Douglas. He doesn't edit anything. <laughs> oh well, yeah, you're right. What am I saying? <laughs> His version of editing is is clipping out the stuff at the very beginning and clipping stuff at the very end and then throwing the intro and outro music. He doesn't like sometimes I don't even think he listens to the show. Yeah, um, this is more lighthearted, but we have actually have a gag behind the scenes here where if we're talking about a show, how much we're going to edit it. If we if we plan on just <laughs> releasing it without much editing, we call it we Douglas the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Story. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, it's it's a it's a lighthearted jab just because, uh, you know. Look, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. At this point, I, I I don't have anything against Brad Douglas. Can we just say that? Like, in fact, I once I at one the reason I got welcomed back is because I reached out to him around Christmas time and I I sent him a gift and I said, you know, I I just like to we don't have to be friends, but can we just not be enemies? You know that kind of thing. Right. And he and he welcomed me back to the site. He, he let me write for them again because he was taken aback by that. I've tried to mend fences with him before. I don't have a problem with him. I don't have a problem. I have had little to no contact with pretty much anybody else that's on the show. I don't. I don't know Jr. I think I had one conversation with him. I don't know Ashley. I don't. I know Mike McNulty kind of, but like you know, not through Carl Spit. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, mean, I don't have a problem around. with it. I mean, McNulty's been around the internet, uh, Spider-Man related internet since Methuselah was a small child. I mean, him and Julio, yeah, still- oh, him and Julio Barón used to used to ha- go have drinks on on, on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> I mean, I remember. I mean, I knew him pre-Crawl Space. Like, you know, right. you know what I mean? Like, the only I have one problem with one person, and we know who that is by now because I mentioned him many times. We uh-huh. we. We mock him on the show, uh, Jorge. <laughs> but you know, just I just I just need to clear that up because people have asked me about this many times, and and I and I always try to hold my tongue on a lot of that stuff. But like, I just had to let it out. So sorry, Zach. Thank you, Peter. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, getting into is that even if, if that is your real name? <laughs> uh, all right, and we have one more question, Zach. Um, everyone, if uh, if you describe yourselves with one word, what would it be? Opinionated. Okay, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. I, I'm going to amend your, your question, Peter. All right, Greg, describe Gerard in one word. Oh, 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 no. No, 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 let's describe ourselves in one no, word. No, no, no. This could lead to... No, 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 no. This is way more fun. <laughs> oh, good lord. All right, I'll let you, I'll let you think. Um, Gerard, describe me in one word. Short. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what? You know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say responsible. Okay. Right. I don't know that necessarily you're succeeding all the time at being a responsible guy, but you, you, you try, and I think you extend yourself too far at times. Yeah, he does do a lot, and we appreciate that about you. Let's see, Gerard in one word. Gerard in one word. And I'm gonna say it. Loyal. He'll, he'll verbally kick your ass at times. But he's usually doing it to keep you honest. And he does have your back in a fight. All right, so I will. I will do. Gre- oh, 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 that's dirty. Um, I will. Do me, Zach. Do me. <laughs> I don't bad for that team, buddy. Sorry. Um, all right, so Greg, um, passionate. That's true. I can take that. Yeah. Um, almost to his own. To death. A fa- yes, to a fault. Hence my. Uh, like pouring my, dusting myself in gasoline and setting myself on fire that yeah time. like literally i mean y'all y'all don't understand like <laughs> i i see that just just to go back to that for like three seconds with greg i'm like all right and 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 i see greg's post and like like and we have like a sub forum in in the forums that's just for the admins only that nobody can see uh, for you know, banning purposes and figuring, you know, telling people, okay, this person was banned for this reason, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So like, here comes Greg, just you know, said, walked in. <laughs> it's like he had the he had the gasoline um, container on him, d- dumped it all over himself, and said, "Fuck you guys," and then lit the match. And I'm by like, way, I, and by the way, I was wearing Armani at the time. Yeah, I literally, <laughs> I literally said. <laughs> I said, "Don't worry, I got this." I had to deliver. That was like, I was pissed that I had to, I had to be the one to deliver that ban personally. Like I'm the one that had to ban Greg because my but my buddy Greg because he decided to, that, that fuck you, you know. And you remember how? And you remember how I was not angry at you about that at all? You weren't. You weren't. But I, I just it, it uh, I shook my head. Um, I still I'm still shaking my head to this day about that because. <laughs> Because here's the thing, uh, there was far better. This all boils down to this, and if if I can if I can distill everything down, because I am sort of Switzerland in this scenario, it all boils down to um, personality conflicts A and B. It boils down to the fact that sometimes we we as fans take shit too seriously. And though, and sometimes that happens on both sides. Um, I feel like there was better ways of handling the entire situation. Um, Brad could have handled things differently. I could have handled things differently. Gerard and Greg could have handled things differently. Um, but we're also looking at it through the through the prism of hindsight. So, mm-hmm. all that being said, 
it is what it is. It is one of the fr- one of the more frustrating things that I'm I'm going through with with crawl space. Otherwise, I enjoy talking to everybody. And quite frankly, there, you know, and I've said this repeatedly uh, privately, and, and Gerard kind of alluded to it. Without Crawl Space, this would this show wouldn't be in, in existence. I agree. The Spider Dude Network wouldn't be what it is today, um, and we wouldn't have a Mayday Mondays either, or, or CSC. So, yeah. uh, in a lot of ways, we do have Brad to thank for that. However, you know, shit, and I've, and it also goes back to to there's some there's some related things that have happened over the years that people don't know about. That happen, have happened behind the scenes that I'm not going to get into. Uh, Gerard kind of alluded to one of the things. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, when you get that many different personalities in a room, there's going to be people that rub, the, rub each other the wrong way. There just is. <laughs> Some people more than others. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to say this for the record. My feelings on Jorge have already been aired out, but you know what? At the same time, is he in the top 10 list of worst people I know? No. Is he in the top 20 list? No. I know some really fucked up people. Yeah. We all we all do, I think. Uh, I, I subscribe to the belief that life's too short to be angry with people over stupid shit. <laughs> and um, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. That's that's why that's why I've broken bread since with, you know, there are after our conflicts with the George, I've I've broken bread with them since and and um, you know, let by Zach, yeah. Zach, you and I have yet to officially break bread. I mean, I've broken bread with Gerard more than once. So. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I've broken bread with Gerard. Gerard's brought me dinner a couple of times. Cool. Which is nice. Nice to be. Although, although we're not, we're feeding into Stella's stereotype of us, so I better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey! The last time I saw Gerard in person, no, 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 the second to last time I saw Gerard in person, I took him to this really fancy Mexican place. Was it called? Um, was it called really Mex- really fancy place in Spanish? Las Manatas. You remember that place, Gerard? I don't. What the heck? Did you actually? Remember... Have to do that? No, no, yeah, you were there. It was overlooking the lake. Oh, and okay, bee, okay. I'm thinking. And, and, then there, and there was a bee buzzing around. It was bugging oh, us. Hold on a second. Cause that was the third to last time then. Because I thought you meant second to last as in like. Oh, right. Third, the oh, right, third to last. Third to last. Okay. I, I had forgotten about New York Comic Con with Josh. Right. So so it wasn't called Lugar Realmente Lujoso? No. Listen. Las Manatas, which is actually a really good Mexican place, but yeah, it actually is. I really like the uh, the spot where we're sitting and stuff like that. It's a cool place. And by the way, uh, Zach, don't don't ever try to speak Spanish again. You're a gringo, just accept it. No, no habla español inglés, por favor. Okay, if everyone is listening, I have to work in a call center. I do not speak a word of Spanish, but I've no hablo español. Disculpe por favor, la madre disconnecte. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I have to say it when I get a Spanish speaker. <laughs> All right, I think we. That means that means hang up the phone and call back. <laughs> I think we've beat around the bush enough. Time to talk about these. Uh, talk about. The, All right, so let's talk about the stuff that we're actually here to talk about. Not not you know, air, 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 we were, Gertie Crawl. You know, yeah, we were. I was going to bring up the movies now, but let's save the movies for the uh, next one for um, Growing Pains. Sounds like a plan. All right, so we're here to talk about. <laughs> The fifth episode of season two, the uh, sadly the final season of the show, First Steps. And, you know, First Steps, we're obviously doing this, this saga. It's called First Steps, Growing Pains in an Identity Crisis, The Cycles of Life. So, obviously, Thanos hates it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you listening, Thanos came and he hasn't gone Wednesday that g- gone yet. That's next year. We're, we're still waiting. Well, this podcast will be going before Thanos. Well, this podcast outlive Thanos. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Probably will. It probably will outlive Thanos. But anyway, I've got the summary here. First steps. While web swinging through this the city, Spider-Man catches a glimpse of Eddie Brock standing on a on a rooftop, but by the time he doubles back to check, Eddie has vanished. Sandman robs a jewelry store, but it's accosted by Spider-Man. The two fight, but Sandman displays improved controls over his powers and easily defeats Spider-Man. At one point, he turns into a guillotine, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> that Not only did he turn into a guillotine, that's the cliffhanger for the singer. Yeah, that, that was great, yeah. The police arrive, and Spidey escapes down a drain pipe, accidentally leaving... No, Sandman escapes down a drain pipe, accidentally leaving the jewels he's stole behind, which is a callback to season one, if you remember. Oh, my big score! Oh, my money! Mm-hmm. At school, Gwen glumly informs MJ that Liz and Peter are now a couple, much to Sally Avril's fury. Liz tells Sally to let her be happy, as things in her life are looking up now that her older brother Mark has returned from Juvenile Hall. Flash grumpily watches Liz, only to spot Shashan Nguyen, one of the students in his biology class, and invites her to come to his birthday party at the state. Peter continues to reflect over sight of Eddie, but his spidey sense goes off as he's grabbed from behind by Harry Osborn, who has returned from Europe. They briefly catch up, but as the class bell rings, Peter briefly has a vision of Harry as the Green Goblin. Hammerhead meets Sandman in the Big Sky Billiard and offers him a chance to get his big score. And we get to have John DiMaggio have a conversation with himself. While back at the school, the principal introduces St. John Devereaux as the new drama instructor and announces that Captain George Stacey will be conducting a weekly police seminar. Oh, okay. Can I I, I stop you there? Um, uh, When you see St. John as a name, it's pronounced Sinjin. Sinjin, yeah. And I knew that. I knew that, too. So it's just, (laughs) I was reading it as I wrote it, so. Um, For anybody who doesn't know uh, Pyro, the X-Men villain's name is Sinjin Allardyce. Similar thing. Didn't they just... Didn't they just call him John in the movies? Yeah, I think so. They never even gave his last name, I don't think. They just, ever, just only ever called him John or Pyro. Yeah. Harry flirts with Gwen, inviting her to flash his birthday parties as date. Gwen accepts Harry's offer to get back at Peter, and Harry invites him and Liz on a double date. When Liz reveals Flash had invited her, Peter pulls out an invitation and offers to take her. While web swinging that evening, Spidey spots Eddie again. Before Spidey can confront him, the alarm in the museum goes off. Spidey investigates to find Sandman, who berates him for always meddling in his attempts to get rich. Spidey criticizes him for wasting his powers and potential on the same petty crimes Flint Markle committed. And Sandman appears to undergo a heel-face turn, but then blindsides him in the middle of his with, po- with great power speech and leaves. I love that moment, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, the next morning, Harry, Gwen, and Liz pick Peter up and head to Flash's house. Flash's mother, who is the one who gave Peter the invite, reveals that he and Peter were once childhood friends, much to Flash's Flash's horror and the shock of Flash's click. And we also find out the origin of Flash's nickname, which I like better than the Guggenheim version. (laughs) What is the Guggenheim version? That he was really, that he would prematurely ejaculate in the back of a car. What the hell? By the way, Zach, you're uh, you're muted. <laughs> God Almighty, damn no! Like, uh, let's let's use a different phrase. Jesus Christ! What? Uh, That's what it is. <laughs> okay, he would prematurely gloatalate. Oh God, no! Hey, Spidey said premature gloatalation on the show. Oh, by, by the way, you know what made that so amusing, Greg? What? Is that Zach? Is that... Jesus. 
What made that so great was that Zach was muted, and I heard him yelling in the other room. <laughs> and he said that. <laughs> I had to tell him, Zach, you're muted. And then he came back. <laughs> and Zach is singing about Jesus. Keep in mind, Crowley, the king of hell, is my id, and this pleases me. Oh. <laughs> okay. At Rockaway Beach, Sandman meets with Hammerhead, who calls him out on his behavior with a little girl and gives him his payment for the stolen museum exhibit. When Sandman complains about the paltry amount left over after Tombstone and Doc Ock took their cut, Sandman tells him to find a way to stop a nearby oil tanker so that the big man can rob it. Sandman assimilates the beach and immobilizes his ship. At Flash's party, Peter spots Eddie Brock again, but news of Sandman's attack on the tanker forces him to postpone the investigation. At the beach, Hammerhead watches Sandman and Spidey fight while his divers begin to drain the tanker of oil. Sandman releases his hold on the tanker to pursue Spidey, causing the drainage pumps to detach and spilling oil into the ocean, and assimilates the sea floor to grow Godzilla-sized. The, their fight tears the ship apart and ignites the oil floating underwater, and Spidey catches a glimpse of Venom watching from the shore, enabling Sandman to finally grab him. As the tanker begins to go the way of the Titanic, Sandman notices the crew trapped inside and rescues them, despite his surprise. Sandman protests that he was only in it for the money and never meant to hurt innocent people, grabbing Spidey and throwing him to safety as well. As the tanker self-destructs, Sandman wraps himself around it and the explosion turns him to glass. Spidey sadly watches Sandman's glazed body crumble, lamenting at his former foe's heroic sacrifice. But as he webs from away, Sandman materializes on the beach, smiling faintly before dispersing into the wind. To put his worries to rest, Peter checks the construction site where he buried the symbiote and is relieved to find it undisturbed. As he leaves, Eddie Brock, dressed in a replica of Venom's costume, steps from the shadows, sarcastically thanking Peter for leading them straight to the symbiote as he lifts his sledgehammer and starts digging. And that's the summary. All right. Who wants to take this one? Girardi never go first. All right. Um, I, I, I like this episode. Um, it, it's it's kind of an odd one in that I feel like the B story in this episode, which is the uh, the Eddie Brock thing, it almost, the, the way that they emphasize it whenever it shows up almost feels like it's a stealth a plot i don't know how to i don't know if i'm articulating that correctly but there's a lot of uh teasing and stuff with venom in this episode that ultimately is what forms out the uh the sort of teaser at the end of the episode um but i like this one a lot mainly for sandman with there's a lot of good visual stuff with him in this episode um for example i wrote down here um that his character model has been updated because he's a little bigger here and they actually give an explanation for that in the dialogue, where he talks about how he, what was it? Well, he was in jail or something like that, or in recovery. Yeah, yeah he, he had lost raw, raw silicates. Yeah, yeah, he had lost a lot of his sand, so they were having him absorb raw silicates and things like that. So he, he, so basically, it's an addition to his power set, where now he can grow in size by absorbing more uh, sand or silicates or anything like that. So. A nice little, t- a nice little uh, expansion to make to make it so that it's not repetitive. In that he's not doing the same things in this episode, he gets to have more gimmicks like the guillotine, which, which was a lot of fun. Although it made for an odd stinger cliffhanger because I, I don't think they timed that really well. But um, there's another fun thing where where they're in the museum. There's a lot of fun visuals where like he's on the wall and you know he's like an eye looking around. Or uh, my personal favorite is he grows two extra arms and he has swords in them. And, uh, Greg, you might have a little more insight to this than I do. Um, 
I immediately thought of the old Ray Harryhausen uh, film, Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Was that an intentional reference or no? Do you think it was? I should, I should have asked when I had the when I had Greg and Jamie Thomason on last time, but I honestly don't know. One thing though about Sandman's model that Greg said didn't get animated the way he wanted to is that you know how Sandman shows up at the end almost perfectly fine, then and then uh, just travels off in the wind. He was supposed to be really tiny, that he had lost a lot of his power, and that he was still just barely alive, and he was leaving to recover. Oh, that didn't come across at all in the episode. Okay. Yeah, it it, it didn't. Greg even, Greg even admitted that it didn't. It was in the script, but it just didn't that, come off. See, that's why we love talking to Greg, because I would have never have known that. Because, I mean, basically it was just like, oh, look, a Spider-Man, the obligatory Spider-Man 3 reference. Yeah. I mean, another part about this, that since nobody noticed that, it's Greg and... Te- Admitting to a screw up that no one would have figured. I mean, there's the, I, I like that. That's why I like having him on the show too. Is that that's a level of honesty you don't see too often. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, and I mean, you, you would see that maybe in the DVD style extras if we ever got the DVD style extras. But that's what this show is all about. <laughs> yep, we are the DVD extras <laughs> in a sense. Um, the the runner with Flash and the party, I have mixed feelings about. I feel like it doesn't add a lot to the episode most of the time. The only time that I felt like it really added something was the whole gag with Flash's mom and finding out about him and like that that just made some good comedy for that little bit. I was laughing pretty hard. Um, but otherwise I felt like much like the the next episode after this where they have the intercut with the auditions for the play, I felt like it, it, it I felt like the ambition was there to do something with it, but it didn't it didn't come across as it should have. It was supposed to be one of those big picture things. Greg and his team were planning on taking Flash and Peter's relationship in a in a direction that we know from the comics. Is Flash is ultimately a good guy at heart, not just a petty, vindictive bully. And we get a little bit more of that in later episodes, but the sh- obviously, big picture wise, the show didn't get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a couple more things I have down here. Uh, I like the teases with Sandman. Because we know in the comics in the late 80s and or most of the 90s, he was, a, he was a hero. And in fact, I think he was a reserve member of the Avengers during that time, right? Yeah, he was. And yeah, he was working yes. with uh, Silver Sable and her Wild Pack and stuff like that. So. Until we got the infamous John Byrne uh, didn't like the fact that he was a hero, and so then he had to do the ridiculous uh, BS with the, the wizard during the reboot. Where the yep. wizard's like, we're going to make you evil again. <laughs> we're going to pump you full of evil thoughts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also the retcon that he's related to Osborne because they have wavy hair, get it? Um, but, he, <laughs> but in this episode, you get some good stuff. You get him like saving people at the end, of course. Um, you have him helping the, the, the little girl or whatever it is, which he's being bullied with the castle. And it was a nice little bit, because they had some, like, Disney music to go along with the castle springing up. It was very amusing to watch, but also kind of had a heartwarming payoff. And then he just immediately dismisses it, like, ah, nah, I was just trying to mess around with the bullies. Um, And and then another thing, that, like, a really minor thing that I liked. uh, There's a joke about the Cordettes in this episode, where they they have a... uh, That I completely missed! Yeah, I'll explain it in a second. So they have a radio thing that comes up, it's, like, explaining that, like, the Sandman had, like, a... He'd done something. I don't even remember what it was. And then they mentioned, all right, now uh, back to you know the music or whatever. Here's a song by the Cordettes. For anybody who doesn't know, the Cordettes did the song Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman. 
Yeah, that one went compl- also, that one went completely over Zach's head when we were watching it. I actually had to explain that. <laughs> also, Sandman stole the urn of Morpheus from the museum, and Morpheus is the name of the Sandman. <laughs> yep. That didn't go over your head, Zach, did it? Yes, <laughs> it, may, it may have actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-uh. But but a couple a couple of negative things. These are more broad strokes things. I um I got a, a really hard smack of of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man off of Harry coming back, probably because it was done almost the exact same way it was done in that comic, and that kind of bugs me. I don't know. Getting reminded of of Ultimate Spider-Man doesn't help <laughs> most of the time. Although, albeit it was probably unintentional. Um. Another negative, I actually, uh, Zach can confirm, I actually yelled this out while we were watching it. It flashes party. There are a few shots where they're just straight up Hanna-Barbera background characters. Just like, hey, stand there with their mouths open, you know, like not moving and stuff like that. That always that always takes me out immediately. Because this show is pre- it has so much movement and attention to details like that, that when it happens, when things like that pop up, it's very jarring. Um, and then finally, last thing I got to say, which is the super broad strokes thing I don't like about this episode, is like, Greg, we've talked about this many times. I hate Venom. I really do. So to have Venom's return make such a large part of this episode and, and the tease and all that stuff, and it, and it introduces extra voodoo sharks in there, because, for example, how is he able to follow Spider-Man so quickly, etc. Um, I just, I hate whenever Venom shows up, and I feel like this show is, is paying way too much attention now. Because we had the whole thing with the first episode of this season. We had, he had multiple episodes last season. We're going to get another one coming up now. Like, oh, enough with Venom already. Well, well, Venom's done after this three-episode arc. Yeah, I know, but still, come on. Oh, of the of the 26 episodes of this show, I feel like at least six of them are Venom-centric. That's just, ugh, come on. But yeah, um, I don't know. I'll hold my grade for later, I suppose. All right, Zach, your uh, thoughts on the episode? It was good. Uh, I mean, look, there's never a bad episode of Spectacular Spider-Man. Can we just say that? Can I Can I just say that right quick? It, there's never a bad episode. <laughs> uh, go back and listen to our coverage of, uh, which episode was it, the 12th one from first season? In- intervention. Well, that was a good discussion, though, that we all had. About well, I, but, okay, that may that was bad by Spectacular, ra- spectacular Radio, Spectacular Spider-Man standards. It's it that's Citizen Kane next to Ultimate Spider-Man in the new in, in Marvel's the Sp- Spider-Man series. Come we on, we try to have better standards than that, though. Zach. This show deserves better standards. I mean, I like the episode way more than Jordan does, but let's not do that. I don't say well, at least it's better than the worst thing because you know what? I mean, I, I I will compare this show often to some of the best of the prime primetime stuff because it deserves to be. I think we should. I think it deserves to be held to these standards because they've hit a high bar almost consi- almost consistently. Yeah, yep. but it, it didn't really. I mean, I'd, I. I watched this when it came out um, on, um, I think, you know, yeah, it was uh, CW for Kids at this no. point, season two. No, we all did. Season no. two was Disney XD. Oh, it was Disney XD, okay. So, like, I watched it on Disney XD, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, this isn't bad. But, like, like watching them kind of in order, it's kind of, it's just not, mm, not it's not my favorite. Um, I, I think that it's a... Um, it's a good episode. I, I, I liked the fact that we were... T- Look, this is considering we didn't get Sandman in the 90s show, you know, the use of Sandman here is really good and probably the best ever version of Sandman, uh, probably in animation. Um, 
Zach, we did get Sandman on the 90s show. He was just called Hydro Man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Did you say Hydrant Man? The dogs must love him. I said Hydro Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so like I say, I think the, I think the, I think it was a good, not great episode. Uh, there's been so many great episodes. Um, I, I, I did like the gag, uh, with, with flash, you know, being a streaker, um, as opposed to being a, uh, someone that's a three pump chump. Um, Oh, slow down. <laughs> um, it just ejaculations of just, uh, it's one of those. It's You've like, embraced it, Zach. You've embraced it. It's it, it's a it's a like moist. <laughs> it's just a, <laughs> it's just one of those words. You're like, oh, um, yeah. Words uh, like jizz, cum, uh, nut butter, batter, mooch. I was waiting for you to stop me, and you just let me keep going. I was running out of words. <laughs> that's getting edited out. Um, Big juice. <laughs> um, anyway, back to my review that it was derailed. I, I think that this one, um, it, it's a good episode because it is showing the heel face turn of, of Sam. And because Sam, it really does get into the depth of the character in that he's not a bad dude, he just you know, Greg said it many. T- uh, Wiseman said it many times. He's just a guy that's looking for his big score. He's just wanting to. He's wanting to make that one last, you know, heist where he can just go retire. He's just a dumb thug, or he's a he's a mook. Always or, a, once a or, mook, always a mook. Or to insert a, a quote, uh, audio from Spider-Man Three here. I'm not a bad person. I just had some bad luck. Yeah, I mean. And you can see that, even though he never really got his background, you can sort of get that feel. I mean, where, say, his old partner, Alex O'Hearn, is way more sadistic. Yeah, Alex O'Hearn's, you know, he he don't give a damn, <laughs> comparatively. Um, I mean, so it was nice to get to the depth of the character of of, um, of Flint. Um, the Venom stuff, eh, you know, bro. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't move me. It does. Now give it to Ben Diskin. He really turned up the menace this time, this week. Yeah, the, this particular episode. Yeah, there is there is some some absolute uh, just straight. I mean, reminds me of the '90s show of of like yeah. the or or the uh, the McFarlane issues where you know um, Eddie's you know in that maze backyard folding laundry. You know that type of type of um, sadistic nature of Venom. Uh, those early appearance Venoms. That's where I. That's where I feel like the character shines. And then after that, it's just all downhill from there. Uh, so all that being said, I, I think that this is a good episode. Um, I I don't like the relationship with Peter and and and, and Liz. It's. I just, I never have. That's always been one of my big cons of the show. And so it's just one of those things I'm just like, ugh, whatever. Oh, Zachy. Well, well, we'll talk more about that as we get on. But I, I, I feel like I cannot opinionate about the relationship until we get clo- much closer to the end because it really does go places. So, yes. But, um, anything else, Zach? That's it. I mean, 
I'll start by saying that I like the episode. It's a good episode. It's um, It doesn't feature any of my favorite villains. I mean, obviously, we've spoken about Venom in the past. I mean, I've said this before. This is probably my favorite version of Venom, but he's still near the bot at at or near the bottom of the list for villains uh, from the show for for me and and it has nothing to do with like i said with any of the content that they're that they're creating it's just built into the dna of the character which they cannot really escape from i mean i'm, I'm gonna give it to ben diskin he did a great job turning on the menace in this episode so he does the job well and but i just don't really care about venom sandman has never really been a favorite of mine, and yet I always, you know, the funny thing is, whenever you're, oh, a Sandman movie, oh, a Sandman comic, oh, a Sandman episode, I kind of groan, and then when I get it, I end up liking it, which is kind of weird, and yet it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just in denial, Greg. Maybe you actually should like the Sandman. <laughs> I don't dislike him. He's just not one of my favorites. But I really, but but, but this episode is good, and I do like seeing differentiations among Spidey's villains. It's, I mean. Not all of them are going to be the Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus, who are legitimately evil people. Mm. Although I suppose one could make a case against Doc Ock being an evil... No, no, no. Doc Ock has has tried to nuke Manhattan once in the comics. He's an evil guy. Yeah. In the comics, yes. Movies, no. Oh, yeah. The the movie Doc Ock is a totally different character. A good character, though. Yeah. But a a totally different character. As... I like a lot of the in-jokes. I do like the origin of, for Flash's name, as I've said myself. Oh, oh, there's a deleted scene in this episode, which Greg played at the convention once. It was a really funny scene. I can see why it was cut, though. It's when Hammerhead goes down into the bar. That's actually Montana's bar, the big sky. And we see the enforcers in there, all three of them. And um, Hammerhead's chauffeur goes up to the pool table, grabs a stick, and she's playing pool with them, and... And Sam and Hammerhead whispers to Montana, I bet she told you she never played before. And she just, um, I don't know pool terms, but she pretty much gets all the balls into every hole with the, with one, <laughs> I, I don't know the pool terms. Zach, do you know what I'm talking about? you know what I'm trying to say? She's a pool shark. She's a, yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a pool shark. She, she's a pool shark. And the enforcers just kind of shrug. And the funniest part from that clip, I haven't seen in years, is when, Ox's mustache literally just starts drooping. <laughs> Complete with a kind of whistling sound effect. So it was, from what I remember, it was really funny. I mean, hey, Greg, if you're listening and Sony won't sue, and Marvel won't sue you, if you ever want to put those video clips online, we'll host them for you. <laughs> that is a lawsuit. Way to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it is. I know it is. But, um, but I shouldn't talk about what isn't in the episode episode I should talk about what it is. I do... I've said this before and I'll say it again. This is the only vert time, this show, the only time I've ever really given a damn about Hammerhead. I love his interplay as this mid-level middle management gangster with with Marco. I do like that we finally get a little bit of a sense of the politics of the uh, underworld currently. The master planner's currently loaning out his supervillains to other criminals like the big man in exchange, which means that Sandman has to pay up to two different people now. Mm-hmm. Which uh, sucks for him anyway. Although but... I, although I think mechanically that doesn't quite make sense because if he's being loaned out, I think what that would mean is that the one boss would get a cut of the other boss's cut. But whatever. <laughs> no, no, I think Flint is Flint Marco is the one who's eating it. Well, yeah, but like I'm saying, I'm saying like if this is a I'm, we're talking about underworld stuff here, but if we're talking about well, a, a well, fair well, deal, it would be it would be. 
Uh, well, we've, you pay, well, we've got a gang war. Well, we've got a gang war coming up soon. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, but it was cool getting a sense of that. And um, I, yeah, the Return of Harry. I didn't really get the Ultimate vibes that you did. But to be fair, I only read that arc once because I don't like Ultimate either. So I didn't really think of that. And um, but no, Gerard's completely right on that. Yeah, I do think it was a coincidence though, but. I mean, Harry was sent away for a drug... I, I don't even remember what happened in Ultimate. And don't tell me, because I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, don't tell me what happened in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic or cartoon, because I don't care. <laughs> Which means we're going to get that one email listener email me in a, a five-page explanation. But I, I also love the visuals in this. I mean, there's a point like where Sandman comes out of the ocean as Godzilla Shiva with all the arms. <laughs> And the, the the character designers Cheeks and um, the director I forget who directed the episode, but Kevin Kevin Altieri directed this one. Kevin Altieri, yeah, Kevin Altieri does awesome work. I love I loved his work on Batman the Animated Series. Also, he uh, I mean they they obviously had a ball with this one. Sam is one of those characters who you can just have visually you can have so much fun with. Hey, Sam Raimi did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um. But like I said, good episode. Is it one of my favorite episodes? No, but I I think I'd give it a B plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm close. I think I'd give this like a maybe a B B minus somewhere in there. It would be better without the Venom stuff in it. Because B or B what, minus. All right, I'll say I'll say B minus. Um, what holds this up to me is the uh, is the visual element of particularly all the things that Sandman does in this episode, growing the extra arms, him uh, with the embedded with the jewels where he's for a little while, um, you know, the whole bit with uh, him making the castle, the guillotine. There's a lot of fun stuff like that in this episode. Oh, yeah, just the creativity was just flowing. The artists were having a ball. I mean, I would love to get a look at the script for this and see how much of that was the artists and how much of that was the script writers. Yeah. Zach, how about a grade? Uh, I'll give it a. Um, I'm gonna give it a B, B minus as well. I, I think it's a it's a good episode, not a great episode. I think there was uh, the the Sandman elements are obviously the high point. Uh, the high point with the Flash stuff is obviously finding out that he's a streaker. Um, as a, as a, <laughs> as, a re- as a recovering streaker myself, I uh, uh, I can relate. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I think it's I think it's awful fun. It, it's it like I say, it's a fun episode. It's just uh, the Venom stuff. So you know, it's okay. It's not great. Uh, but Diskin did did give it his all this episode. So gotta yeah. I, I I would just have to say for the record, the Venom stuff. That's mostly my more my problem than the episode's problem. Just because I don't like Venom. So. Mm-hmm. If if I if I'm being fair, I mean there are times when I'll point out something on a pot. I mean, for example, if we're reviewing, say, the clone conspiracy, my the problems I have with that are not my problems; they're the story's problems. Absolutely. But overall, I good episode. No real complaints, and we've all and we're all in the B range, B minus. You two mm-hmm. have a minus, I give it a B plus, and um, yeah. so overall, overall, pretty solid episode, and I think we've exhausted what there is to say about that. I'm trying to think, is there anything we didn't cover? Uh, I just want to mention, Kevin Hopps wrote this script for this episode. Yes, he did. Kevin Hopps, who was the one staff writer on the show, and while I'm at it, John DiMaggio's interplay with himself as uh, both 
Hammerhead and Sam, and we're going to see, see something similar in the next episode with Darren Norris as both Jamesons. Yep. But but I just love that moment where we're just sitting in the bar. I'm, I like villain bars. I always have. It's one of my favorite tropes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, one of the best episodes of Batman animated series is almost got him. I threw a rock at him. It was a big rock. <laughs> but yeah, that's so. That is Montana's bars gets explained in the third to last episode of the series, even though Montana's not in the episode. <laughs> Did you need an explanation? No, it's called the Big Sky. That's what. That's what uh, Montana's nickname is: Big Sky Country. And the Big Sky. And that. Hey, hey, Zach didn't get the cornets. In fairness, I mean, come on. How many people have knowledge of 1950s music? <laughs> that's a pretty obscure reference. That is true. So that's my brain fart of the day. <laughs> but overall, good episode. And I hope our listeners like that. I hope our listeners like the podcast. And I hope they tune in next time where we have a very special interview with both Greg Wiseman and Mr. Darren Norris, which we had already previously recorded, and I'm warning you right now, I was sick at the time, I had just had the flu, and I was in the process of being hit by a month-long case of laryngitis, which is another reason why we haven't recorded in a while. Also, uh, uh, Greg has been pestering us to get this fan panel out of the way so he can finally release that episode, because he's been sitting on it for a while. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, I, lo- I love you guys, and hopefully, I know Gerard and Zach have different schedules now also, but hopefully this is this, we'll be able to get more episodes out this year and have another po- and have more podcasts out for all our shows. I mean, Mayday Monday, CSC, mm-hmm. this podcast, and so go listen to those too if you haven't already. I mean, Gerard, I think you have a new episode of CSC up. Uh, I don't do CSC. I do Mayday Monday. <laughs> Many money. It's my second brain fart of the evening. Yep, we have one out, and we have one coming uh, in the near future, and we have another one in the currently in the planning stages that you're going to be excited to hear about when it comes. Yes, very much so. By so, the way, Gre- by the way, Greg, where can they contact the show? They can contact us at spectacularradio at gmail dot com. They can also contact us via the voicemail line at eight one eight. 925-6631 and I promise I won't answer the phone this time. Yeah, also I want to say one thing. Peter, thank you for your letter. We 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 got it off our chest. Nobody ever asks us questions about the subject again. It's not fair to Zach. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so until next time, make my boy oh, wrong show. <laughs> So we so with that being said, we'll see you next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Same spectacular time, same spectacular channel. Except that it wasn't on the same channel because it was on Disney XD instead of. We got a lot of sad horn in the last minute here. <laughs> that was not a brain fart. That was a reference to one of Gerard's favorite shows. Yes. What, same what bat the- time, same bat channel. One that Zach's dad was excited to find out. I have a box. uh, (laughs) Oh, you must love you now. Anyway, everyone tune in next time, our Darren Norris interview, and for our our other podcasts, and we'll be back next month, well, quote-unquote next month, for, um, with Growing Pains. Not not the show from the 80s. Give me that smile again. Was that the one with Kirk Cameron? Yes. Mm, I'm not going to make a joke. <laughs> See you next time, guys. <laughs>
notorious Sandman has been spotted attacking an oil tanker at Rockaway Beach. We'll have more on the hour. In the meantime, here's an oldie but a goodie from the Cordettes.